Welcome to the Core Podcast, brought to you by Core to Cloud. We talk about all things cybersecurity, about the latest technologies, the insights, the learnings, and also a little bit about our culture in this ever-evolving environment. I'm Kelly, and I head up the marketing department. And I'm Phil from the technical team, and we're going to take you through all our technology in a really interesting way. Phil talks technical, why I keep it lighthearted and remove all the jargon. We also have a selection of guest speakers, including a few people popping in from the Quarter Cloud team. So let's dive in. excited to have Kiki in the podcast room today. Um, This is a follow-on if you've been listening to the podcast. Um, We've done lots of fantastic interviews with women that were in tech or how they got into tech and Kiki really wrapped up the whole podcast series and campaign by attending our event that we ran in November. So Daniel's also with me from the marketing team at Quarter Cloud. You have to speak, Daniel. Hello. Sorry, it's my first podcast. So <laughs> Let's be nice. Waving and at the camera. Too. Waving at the camera. You need to talk so they can hear you. Speak. It's like radio. <laughs> uh, Daniel's here as well because he helped organise the event yes. um, and he also got Kiki involved. Um, but I'm lucky to know Kiki. Did we work out how long it's been? I think we said it was about 15 years, didn't we? Or just a bit more. That's quite a long time, isn't yes. it? That's quite a long time. Um, and at that time, I was kind of still in a corporate marketing role. You were in very much a different role. Yeah. You were very corporate at that time. Yes. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about your journey? We can then wrap in how you got involved in the event, but I of think course. it's good for everyone to know to a bit about you. Yeah. yeah, great. So firstly, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Mm-hmm. And thank, thank you, you for so much. Thank you so much for even inviting me to the event. And we'll, we'll, I know we'll go on yes. to talk a little bit more about that because it was just so special in so many ways uh, and still is right now I've even got the I just showed Josh I've even got the picture on my phone here from, from, the, from the day because it was just as a reminder just because it, it was so incredibly special it was wasn't it yeah, all the women very powerful I mean you were the only gentleman there on yeah. the day but apart from the video apart from the video guys yeah. um, they don't get enough credit but behind the camera but they, I did say it's a one event I felt like everyone stayed there was like this really mm-hmm. warmth, wasn't it? People didn't yeah. want to leave or the women were really, really chatty yeah. and you could probably have carried on talking. We could have been there for hours. Yes. So there was definitely a nice buzz about yeah, it. The thing is we had to get up early for the uh, skydive. You'd- but we could have sat there all night chatting. Yeah, yeah we could have done. So going back to your journey, obviously I, I met you in that kind of corporate. I think both of us were probably at our career. We had like big aspirations of things we wanted to do. That's probably why we clicked quite well. But yeah. what happened and where did that go and, and that journey for you? It's a good question. So for me, my background was in recruitment and HR. So that's where I started my career. And I'd always been passionate about business. And uh, my sister and I actually used to sell our old, our old clothes and uh, because my mom had worked in fashion. So we were so passionate about, about, um, about business and entrepreneurship. Yeah. Um, and people. And so I ended up in this career of recruitment in HR and I absolutely loved what I did. I started at the bottom on £11,000 over, I think it's about 22 years now that yeah. I started in that career and just loved what I did. And, and like you said, I had really big aspirations to do well, to earn well. And I climbed up the ladder very quickly within that corporate career. So I worked for a start, I worked for a small startup and then I worked um, and progressed to be a manager very quickly at the age of 21 
but I had to get rid of all the people that I had and recruit a new team. And at 21, I think it's 21, 22, I was... I just wasn't equipped to do that. And um, and so then at that point, I decided to, to go back more into more of a kind of consultant role. So I did a lot of people development um, in that role and recruiting um, some incredible people into corporate um, roles. And I had a successful team and I was number one and my team was number one. And it was just work and play hard. And yeah. and I loved all of that. Um, but I started to, to lose momentum a little bit. I started to be questioning my purpose. I started be, to, to be looking into spirituality. Mm. And, um, and then overnight, I had a burnout. So this was 11 years ago. I had a burnout. Um, and I think it was from work, work, work. Can you describe, I think burnout is quite a buzzword, right? Mm. How do you know that you're in a burnout? burnout yeah. What are... Were there trigger? Were there signs before? So that's why I mentioned about the purpose. So I think yeah. for me, I started to get a bit niggly two years before around like, what am I doing? Asking these questions. What's my purpose? Mm. You know, I'm earning all this incredible money. I'm going on four holidays a year. I've got a brand new car. Like just life is nice on the outside. Yeah. But internally, I was like empty. You know, it just, I felt very lost in many ways. At points I felt fulfilled because of the people I was working with and I was doing a lot of projects. Like there was one client I was working with and we were doing a lot of global recruitment for them. So there was lots of meaningful work, but inside of me, I was lost. And so that started for about two years. But again, you know, you're straight in, you're busy, you're, you're not, no time to stop and think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, um, and then it just it manifested quite quickly. So over that two year period, I would go on holiday and, you know, you rest and then you come back and then it's straight back in. And I remember that, that I guess the kind of triggers that happened upon reflection now was the February of that year of my burnout, I had started, I I went on a holiday and I was like, I cannot do anything on this holiday. I just need to go and just rest on a bed. So I was exhausted. So for me, that was the exhaustion. So mine manifested in exhaustion. And then very quickly after that, I was getting very tired. And then eventually that, so that was probably about a six, seven month period where then I couldn't get out of bed. So it got to a stage where I could not get out of bed. Um, and again, it couldn't have been at a worse time because I just bought my house in Siren Sister at the time. So yep. I'd been financially secure for so long and I've decided to put some roots down. I remember buying my house on the day, which is so crazy, but it was it was right for those reasons. Um, so I had this burnout, you know, exhaustion, tired, couldn't get up, didn't want to be alive, struggling with, um, with my thoughts, mm. struggling with confidence. Um, I'd been skipping meals because again, really busy, no lunch break, working lunch crazy break. hours, lunch break. <laughs> yes, quarter yeah. cloud. We need to do something about lunch <laughs> breaks. Lunch break. Um, <laughs> because that over a prolonged period of time. So if you think for me, that probably was maybe 10, 11, 12 years of, you think of the impact that is on the body, the stress yeah. on the body, which is why I'm so passionate about the work we do now, because mm. The body is so important. Um, Did your body do other small signs? Like silly things. Like, um, I know, like, ridiculous, but like I had my hair dyed, didn't I? Yeah. Um, just before we did the SCOM. I've had my hair blonde for forever. And um, it like broke. She was like brushing it. And it was just like breaking. And she was like, are you, are you stressed? And I was like, well, first of all, are you pregnant? Luckily, like, well, it was all fine, but I wasn't pregnant. Yeah. Um, but then it was like, oh, you, you know, and then the, the only thing she was like, oh, you've got to be stressed. Like there's something in your body is like telling. So did you have like even littler things that you may not have 
no. like realize so no hair loss or any like hair breaking yeah, yeah, yeah. but for me it was migraines i used to get yeah. a lot of migraines so but i would do what i would do is i would go and have some acupuncture and i'd go and have some treatments oh. so that i guess was trying to really help the body slow down because all of those alternative mm-hmm. things will help calm the body and 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 um you know slow the nervous system down re- re-regulate the nervous system but for me, it was mostly only in, in those in those right. areas. Yeah. And, and the racing of thoughts and not being able to, you know, the anxiety was huge, the anxiety in the belly. Um, and and it was tough. It was hard. It was like, it was, I never want to experience that again. It was yeah. really tough. But it was my darkest moments that then helped me, you know, with help. I got some therapy and really started to navigate um, grief because I lost my mom to cancer very young. Yeah. How... Do you start the therapy journey? Like how yeah. that, that's like a whole other thing. Like, I mean, I, I had a close friend who started that and she thought she was going for some reason, other reason. Yeah. She's unpacked it and it's not yeah. ended up being that reason. Yeah. Um, I know she struggled with who do I contact yeah. with the GP? Yeah. How do you know it's the right therapist? Like, yeah. how did you start that? Was Good that point. F- so, so actually there was something bef- pre that. So, okay. so just before that, people would say, so the, the team I worked with said, why don't you maybe go and see the doctor? Because is it maybe that your body is missing something? Because like at that time I was doing training to do a, t- um, a half marathon. And so maybe there was some stuff kind of going on there. So I went to see the doctor. And in those days, which I don't know if that's the case now, you go to the doctor and if you are talking about these signs, they'll give you a, a list and you would, you would um, a list of questions and you would tick. Um, and they offered me some antidepressants, which i I didn't go on to begin with for probably about two months, but eventually I did because I needed and I, I needed couldn't something. function. So I went on those, and it, it then got really, really bad. And at the time, I'd had an ex-boyfriend who who had been in, in my family's life for a long time, and um, he had found a therapist in Bath who had worked with high performers, high achievers, um, and took me to the therapist. Wow. So that was a real like game changer for me. Yes, real. And I think it's probably because my dad was really concerned and I guess felt that there needed to be an intervention somehow. But actually also in that time, I tried to um, get some support around hypnotherapy. You know, people mm. spoke around hypnotherapy and that just did not work for me. It was too, it was too extreme. I was too burnt out. My mind was yeah. going. So, because there's all these amazing tools, but you've got to meet where your need was. Well, it's like meditation. Like yes. I'm trying to put that into my life. I don't know if you've tried it, Daniel. A little bit. But I, I, ca- I have to do it with guided. I yeah. cannot no, do it yes. on my own. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie to you. Like I wonder. And then all of a sudden I'm doing the to-do list and they do go. you fall asleep? Uh, I fall no. asleep. Oh, God, no. No, no, no. No. The to- to- op- total opposite. I end up like so relaxed. Not relaxed, but so like take myself out of my head that I just fall asleep. No, I'm. Which I, I don't know if that's helpful. No, I think mine's the other. See, I feel like my brain goes into override yeah. and I get so much information. Yeah. It's like my brain goes... I can relate. Yeah, my brain yeah. goes, oh, she's stopping for two minutes. Let's yeah. throw everything at her. And then I'm like, oh my God, I haven't done this. And why am I sat... And then I'm like, this is ridiculous. Why am I sat here for a minute? Yeah. You've got so much to do. And then they'll say something else and come back to your breathing. And I'm like, I don't have time to breathe. And then like, and then, it, and then it's like, and done. And I'm like, what? Was that a meditation? That's me. Like, and I'm like, I don't think I'm doing this right. But keep persevering. Yeah. Keep persevering and find a way that's going to work for I, you. I think as well, like you said, there's so many different tools at your disposal. Mm. It's finding the one that is good for yourself. Yeah. Like when I was at uni, I was very like, 
depressed and stressed and it was quite tough at the time and I I started going to a therapist did you and I found at first it's really weird because you go and they don't give you resolution straight away and they don't necessarily answer your questions you might be like I feel this type of way can you help me and they they don't they're not there to answer your question they're there to help you think about it and for you to sort of figure it out on your own but with a little bit of assistance and someone to talk to who's impartial. Mm, right. Yeah. Um, but I know some people, they go to therapy and they don't find it beneficial, but some people do. Like, I found it beneficial. Yeah. I think it's what you're, what you're wanting out of it. Yeah. yeah. Some people find talking really helpful. Like, um, some people don't really like talking about their problems, but some people are very open. I'd like to think I'm quite open about my struggles yeah. in life mm. uh, and but then I know there are people that don't really like to talk about it no and that kind of leads on going on to this mm. and why we wanted to come on the topic with you so it we've obviously done the female campaign getting women into tech and when we brought you into that which we can tell the audience a bit more about that but uh something that Daniel and I were quite passionate and from what we were doing from that well, you know there's there's a big piece on getting women into tech yes another I mean, I think you've got some facts that you're going to throw at us, Daniel. Yes, I do have Another some. big tech in our industry is the suicide rate is quite high in construction. Um, and I, my husband's in construction and, and he's unfortunately actually had that happen on a site for him. Um, so I know he's done a lot on his and that, it, it triggered something in me. I was like, oh, I wonder what the tech industry is. And my assumption was, oh, it can't be that high because, you know, we're all together. Um, but I think you've got, what was the... That's you've got in on um, this. So in the cybersecurity industry, obviously tech industry is slightly different. Um, there was a study by the Centre for Cyber Safety and Education which found that 71% of cybersecurity professionals report experiencing burnout and job stress. It's quite high, isn't it? Which is obviously very high. Mm. Um, and then yeah. obviously in the tech industry as a whole was about 40% of people. So it's still fairly high. Yeah, and when you actually think about it, and I was trying to think, oh, why? You know, because construction, they, when I looked at it with my husband, a lot of the things were isolation. Mm. Um, they don't have the same sort of like routine. Yeah, and yeah. they work, they go on site and it's dark and it's cold and it's mm. outside. They don't really have that community. They sit and have their lunch in their van. I was just thinking that, yeah. It's that kind of thing. And I was like, well, how does that relate here? But when you actually think about it, especially maybe more the tech team, mm-hmm. And yeah. I've just walked past Chris. This is a really fine example. He walks down here on his own. He's on his computer all day. You only see him if he comes up and gets a coffee or if gets it gets lunch. It's digital, so you're accessible 24-7. A cyber attack can happen 24-7. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of pressure. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a lot on yeah. the line. And it's a, there's a lot on the line. It's, it's constantly evolving. It's kind of... So we were just interesting with, with that side of things. We, because you can offer so much, Kiki. There's obviously our women in tech and there was the um, breast cancer and awareness and, and, and that. And then there was like, oh, me and Dan were like, well, there's more to this now because mm-hmm. actually you talk so much about mental health and burnout. And we were like, well, that stems into our podcast and our audience even further now beyond yeah. beyond women. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess from your point of view, you've gone through the burnout. Obviously, therapy was your starting now, can you explain the per- your career progression and what that means and what you can offer anyone that's like listening now? Um, I think every time I speak to you, a lot of things scare me because I'm like, oh, that's me. Like, chickadee, chickadee, chickadee. 
Chickety check. You do have to face it at some point. Yeah, I think yeah. I'm going to have to face it at some point. Um, but yeah, I just wondered whether, could you explain a little bit more how that progressed and then now what you've learned from that and what you can offer? Absolutely. So I think firstly, before we kind of go into the detail of it all, mental health is an everyday thing. I think sometimes we think, well, I'll do something for my mental health once a month and I'll do something for my mental health tomorrow. And yeah. But it's an everyday thing. And I think we forget that. We have to take care of our mental health the same way as we, you know, we take care of our mobiles every single day. We plug our mobiles in and we plug our laptops in, but we've got to get plugged back in. We've got to get connected. We've got to look after ourselves. And I've learned the hard way and still learned the hard way. I'll give you an example of of last week shortly of of why this is a continual process. So so after um, that burnout, I then decided to leave that career. um, and That must have been scary though. It was, but I, it was in some way. But I, I, in my heart of hearts, I probably knew Did that two like years right thing to do? felt like the right thing to do. Yeah. But financially, I was like, what am I going to do? I've just got mm-hmm. this mortgage. Yeah. Um, but I knew, I had faith deep down that it was going to be okay. And I knew I wanted to help people, but I didn't know how. So I contracted for a short period of time in for a wealth management company. And it was in that time that an old candidate of mine has said, Kiki, why don't you look at coaching? And at the time, this was 11 years ago, at the time I didn't know that coaching actually existed as a, I knew of coaching and I knew of mentoring because I used Mm -hmm. to coach my team, but I didn't know it was an industry. And so that was my journey of really finding my purpose and really just falling straight in and thinking, wow. And so a lot of that journey started also with my own journey of really understanding my purpose and working on my mindset and being a high achiever. I'd already had a strong mindset, but it was really understanding more about beliefs and values and what's important, what's not important. Absolutely. And, Mm -hmm. you know, what does heart-centered living mean and what does well-being mean? So I went on this journey to create my own business and brand, um, always knowing that I wanted my own business. And so we started with coaching um, within the corporate workspace around teams and people who are wanting to create career changes or their teams are underperforming or... Um, they're recruiting new people into their team. Um, I'd created a couple of um, online programs um, that were self-study programs. And it was in that time, and I give you all of the context because then you'll see how the pieces yeah. of the puzzle work together. It was in that time that I had um, I had a cough and um, I... And I'd been a little bit tired, but nothing out of the ordinary of you think, oh, it's work. I've tra- been traveling, that yeah. type of thing. So I had a cough, went to the doctor and the doctor said, look, we need you to go and have a x-ray. Um, just Let's just make sure that everything's OK, because I don't know why, but maybe just the doctor just felt that it was important. So I went and had that done. And was the cough regular? It was, yeah, right. but it wasn't anything. Again, nothing that was crazy that you would think something was wrong. Yeah. And... Anyway, my phone went that evening, no number, and I didn't answer it, but it, mm-hmm. it had come up a couple of times. So I eventually took the call, and it was the doctor calling back to say, us as a set of doctors have got your results back, and we've noticed that your lungs have got three quarters, there's three quarters of fluid in your lungs, a little bit concerned. I'm sure it's nothing, but you need you to go to Cheltenham to the, I can't remember the, the, the actual, actual, there's a specific department that looks after this. So... Honestly, I'm just thinking I've got a cough, cold, fine. Mm-hmm. Head off to Cheltenham and I get there and they drain my they drain my lung and um which was excruciating pain. Horrible. It was it was like really, really, really tough. So they cut like a little line at the mm-hmm. back of you and it's just pain. 
Um, and then very quickly within those two to three days, I'd had a scan and they'd picked up that I had cancer. And I was... And was the cough connected to that? Yes, so it was connected. So my so the cancer I had was kind of connected just on the tip of my chest, lung, heart, okay. all connected. And it was called non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Yeah. I didn't even know yeah. that there's different cancers. I didn't even know that there's different chemotherapies. Yeah. And it, there was a lot going on for me at the time because I was running a group coaching program. I had clients in the US. I was running a big consultancy project. Um, I was about to get married. I just found love. That's a whole nother podcast in itself. Yeah. I just reconnected with somebody I'd been to school with in Africa and Zimbabwe. He's English, but we, I'd put love out there because I'd worked so hard. I'd never really made place for love. Yeah. And so I then was like, I'm going to fight this. And I guess, you know, just talking about that was I was three generations to experience cancer. So my granny died to cancer. She had breast cancer. My mom had cancer and had lung cancer and died within six months um, when I was 13 and my sister was Were eight. Were you scared then? Or did you just Interestingly, know? Interestingly, no. You I was like, not, I'm going to fight it. I wasn't scared, no. I've been, I was scared with my depression and burnout. I was scared. That was more And there's scary. been different times I've been scared, but no. Interestingly, I, did, I, I wasn't. But I think it's because I'd done so much mindset work on my coaching. So that's the first thing I wanted to say also as I'm talking through the mental health every day, you know, looking after your mental health. I've done so much mindset work on resilience, on challenging my mindset, on renewing my mindset, reframing my mindset. So that that really helped. Um, faith, you know, faith and yeah. God it was and spirituality was a big thing. And I just knew I was going to fight it. And I just... I just put all power into that. Yeah. Um, and I learned so much through that. You know, I think the, the biggest thing was losing my hair. That was, yeah. yeah. but very quickly got over it because I had long, dark hair, you know, like you, the length yeah. you have. And yeah. I was getting married. Yeah. And, um, but I very quickly got over it because you realize that it's just hair and you realize mm. that it's the X going back to the external. It's the external things that, that, you put emphasis on it's interesting because you were saying about your career and driven and you had the yeah. car and stuff um i'll look at joss because we we listened to a podcast recently with yeah. um stephen bartlett and oh, gary v oh. have you listened to that one yes i did any i could relate to so, so much, much of what he was saying yeah but he was talking about why do you want the fast car but why do you want the watch but why do you need the money yeah. but why do you need the big business and i was like oh my god but why do you need the career and it was like no. well, because of status but why do you want the status but what does the status need? And I was just sat on this podcast like, oh my God, oh my God, like what is this like, but what is this like weird like thing? And like you were saying, you had that career, you were probably yeah. doing the marathon on top of it. Did you want to do the marathon or was it a status thing or is it because we do? And I like, you know, with the social media stuff as well, like I think you see like, for, for my opinion, my experience of being a mum and in business and quite high up in my career and you, if you follow similar, they seem to have got it down. Like they're perfect eaters, they always get their workout done. They have their smoothie on the way back. You know, all these things. And you sit there thinking, God, I've got to do that. I've got to do all those things. You'd be very surprised, be... though. Yeah, there's it's... loads of people behind that and planning yeah. it. But you can make this face. Like, is, is that interesting thing? And then you're saying when you have cancer, did I guess a lot of those materialistic status symbol things really yeah, became unimportant. Strip, strip away. Because the things that often when I was, um, you know, led in when I was having chemotherapy, which is another experience in itself, like it's awful, like it's just horrible. And did you work during then? So I did, um, I did a little bit here and there, um, more to keep my mind focused. Yeah. Um, so I remember um, Eleni would, so 
my husband and, and my sister would come to different chemotherapies and Eleni would sit and take the laptop. And maybe it was because I was pretending, like I needed a sense of purpose still because yeah. that was still very much my identity. So I think, you know, again, mm. when we're talking about all of these things, it's we have an identity yeah. and and it's it's really understanding more about that identity. So I still wanted that identity because, and that's why your event was so important because at the time I had nobody that in my business world, in my career that, had been through cancer mm. so I felt very isolated mm -hmm. I felt lonely I felt like I was missing out I felt um I just couldn't do the things that people were doing and that was that was tough you know yeah. really really hard yeah. um so I did do various bits of work but it was very managed because again I couldn't really because of energy because yeah. the chemo I had affects the whole body um so I had six rounds of chemo they got married and then I had radiotherapy um which you know, you fight through that and it's all okay. But um, but then you're like, I just want to get back to life. I want to mm -hmm. get back to the new normal. And then you get back into the new normal. And like, I think recovery for me in the last five years has been harder than fighting cancer. Interesting. Why, why um, do you why? say that? Because you try and bed back into this new life that you've got having had cancer. So for me, I went straight back into work. But six months later... Um, I got office space. I recruited a team, which I basically went and went and started where I have finished off. Yeah. And I got a couple of weeks in, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, I don't want this. I don't mm -hmm. want. I don't want it like this anymore." Because I couldn't do it energy wise. Mm. Um, I didn't want the pace of it all. So I had to learn a but new way. But do you way. think your mindset had changed? My you, mindset you, had changed. Yeah, my beliefs had changed. Yeah. Like if, once um, you've had that kind of yeah. Not, is kind of near-death experience yeah. you probably did lie there more thinking about yeah. what things so when you do come back to it I mean were there ever times like where people say things and you were like that's really not in this grand scale of life that's not is it quite hard being around yeah, people afterwards and, yeah. afterwards when people like it more so after the journey you yeah. know after treatment yes where people focus on things that don't really matter and that's what mm -hmm. that's why I do the work that I do because if you if you are led in a hospital bed, you're not thinking about did I eat my smoothie that day or did I did I book that hotel mm. or did I post that social media? Were post? you more upset about the brownie was, you didn't eat though? No. I always have this conversation. No, do you? <laughs> Would I be no. more upset that I didn't have the brownie at lunch or no, that I did? <laughs> I was more upset that I didn't have my lunch breaks, that I didn't take care of myself, my health. And actually, that I didn't just go out of nature more. That I, didn't... I didn't slow down. I didn't listen to the signs. If only I could just go back. Oh, my goodness. And even recently, you know, I said like last week, I seem to have caught a cough mm -hmm. because it's been cold, mm -hmm. lots of different things. I've been in London, you know, just busy. And... um it meant like my, my immune system has been up and down over the time. I've had to really build it up because it's almost when you have chemo, it takes you back to like being like a, like a baby. Yeah. Um, and so then it held me back the last couple of weeks and it's been really busy for us. I'm about to go away, as I've mentioned to you all. I have a lot on and um, I was so frustrated. But that's the reality of that's a sign for me. I've, I have to slow down. Mm -hmm. I have your body, to. Your body's telling you. Yeah. I have to put some other things in place of my planning so that it doesn't get to that. There needs to be some leeway. Mm -hmm. If I'm traveling, there needs to be some. So, so that's another thing around the mental health of every yeah. day. It's these things will come up to tell you what you need to do differently. But we go and we go and we go until we can't go anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I guess it manifests different different people it does in so many different ways because we all individuals and we've you know we, we we've got our own um 
um, trauma. We've got our own, you know, all of us will navigate our own different journeys. Yeah. And we've got our nervous system. And our nervous system is often, um, you know, full of cortisol. We, we're driving all of the time. We're pushing in our fight or flight. And for me, and when I mean my, my fight or flight, um, is I it's when you're in your red alert constantly. Mm-hmm. And I would probably say most of us tend to be in that or our free... Do you our, think our, some of us like being in that though? We may like it, but whether we... Because we like it because we don't know what it feels like to feel peaceful. We don't know what it feels like to feel calm. See, I'm not good at the calm bit. <laughs> I, I Honestly... How do you know you're not good at the calm bit? Um, Because on a Sunday, I will create things for me to do. Honestly, like my husband, it drives my husband mad. But that's be- so that that's because there's a part of you. So we've got something called the internal family systems. So not enough okay. time in this podcast sorry, this to podcast. go through this. And it's my own therapy session here. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so, but this is interesting for all of us because this has been a journey I've gone on in the last yeah. two years. So we've got our internal family systems, which can be um, perfectionism, busyness, overachieving, so many different other elements, and they're parts of us. They're not going to go away. Right. Mm-hmm. But actually, they they can serve us, but it's what we do with those parts. It's how we talk to those parts. It's how they're serving us. And sometimes those parts are not serving us Mm. for the right reasons. And actually, it's probably because you don't know how to slow down. You don't have the tools or the techniques to to slow down. The thing I can only explain when I say it to my my husband is like on a Sunday and everyone will be like, they could put a film on. I, I can't do this. They'll put a film on and the kids are all calm and I should just be able to be. Mm-hmm. No, I'll find I'll find something to do. <laughs> I will. I'll be like, oh, just um, go put a load on. Like what? I'm just gonna go get the washing, and then I'll be like, it'd be really good if the tablets in our cupboard was organised this way. So then I'll pull everything out, then organise like on Amazon, and I'll get my label for it. And he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, just thought the laundry be much better organised if it was like this. And he was like, is it important? I'm like, I don't know, but it looks better now, doesn't it? And he's like, <laughs> oh my god. And I did exactly this this weekend. I didn't like my makeup. I was having too much duplicates of stuff. So I was like, it's because they're in makeup bags. If I had little shelves, I could see when products were running out that I could order when I needed it. And rather having, because I, re- I realized I had like three Vaseline's, like the world's not going to end. But I thought yeah. that was wasteful. Like I shouldn't be over ordering. This is like a gluttonous thing. It's bad. If I could see everything clearly, I wouldn't do it. So I went on Amazon. I ordered these little shelves. I was putting them all up. And I was like, what are you, what are you doing? You can be downstairs with the so kids. So what's the busyness giving you? I honestly, God, I don't know. I just can't. Is it I, the organisation and the the satisfaction of, of being organised? Yeah, and, and just having feeling like I'm do. doing, or I'll find something that I'm annoyed maybe about you, with myself, and I try to Maybe we need to get it. you knitting or something. Like that's oh, always got your hand. You know, like you yeah. get your hands something busy. Fiddly. Yeah, something. Maybe oh, it's feeding a need. Of there is some, some need. Sort. I haven't. Need. I haven't worked out what that need is. A hundred percent. I think it's... we're all guilty of having stuff. We, we are. Like my, I know mine is. I don't stay at home, and I'm always getting moaned at. Like. You're not. You're never at home, but it's because I like spending my time with people, like my friends, yeah. and my yeah. family. So I don't want to sit in my bed or bedroom or at home all day doing nothing because I don't find that satisfying. But I know that that's something I enjoy. And when when I do stay at home, I'm like, oh my god, I'm bored. Like I need to get out. Like, but it's this everyday yeah. thing. I'm like, I'm never at home. But actually, two things that you've both shared there, and I, I, I can relate to it, is one of it is sometimes we don't want to be alone with ourselves mm-hmm. and our thoughts. I think I, I think that yeah. I think that's a big thing with me. If if I sit too long, my brain yeah. starts talking to me, so I'm yeah. like, 
let's go do something. So there's <laughs> so there's maybe a lot of self critic in there. Probably. And, yeah. But actually that's been the greatest gift for me over the last eleven years is finding those moments of solitude, those moments of uh, but it's taken a long, a lot of work to yeah. do that. But oh my goodness, I love that that now. How do you um, go about? How do I go yeah. about it? Good about question. That. Can you go for dinner so, on your own? I can. Yeah. Yeah. I can. I've always, I used to always, when I was a child, look at people and think it was really sad. <gasps> no. I remember as a child, like asking my mum to invite this yeah. old gentleman on holiday. Because it means quite sad. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And he actually said to my dad, "Oh, thank you, but I come on holiday yeah. on my own so, on purpose. I leave. Yeah. I leave." my family at home and I always found that bizarre I've really but wanted to go on holiday last year on my own but I was too scared yeah, to do same. it because I've done that a few times well, people that go traveling I find that amazing yeah. I did that I, and that's why this is quite surreal because I'm about to go to Australia on Sunday and I went to Australia and I'm going on my own without my husband first time I'm doing a big travel on my own since cancer yeah okay. and um do you feel guilt not taking him no. 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 Let me tell you why. No. no. It's like it's all these emotions no. that I would go through. Like, like I part, yeah. part of me's like, oh, part of me's like, oh god, I just want to do that. But then I'm like, oh, but I've got the kids. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've it's different because you've got children. You know, it's, Maybe. it is different. Yeah. Um, but no, I, it was a need that I, I, yeah, I haven't been able to travel long haul for a very long time. My best friend had a baby. She's got married, yeah. and it's something I just felt that need, and and I only made the decision at Christmas. I just said I'm. Going to Australia. I'm going to Australia. And um, I said, "Did you want to come?" And he said, "We've got some other holidays." Um, And and so I'm going on my own. But actually, it takes me back because I had a sabbatical 15 years ago, and I went to Australia on my own. So I went. So I'd been. I think again, that was that you know that that two years of questioning things. Um, And I I went to Australia for four weeks on my own, and I went to Thailand on my own. And I remember, so the Thailand trip was on my own. But that was the journey of starting to do the solitude Mm -hmm. on my own. Because like you, I love people. Mm -hmm. I love people. My job is with people. But we need those pockets. So I recharge. I can recharge with people, but I also can recharge. I need to recharge with solitude. So the solitude for me often is first thing in the morning, I walk the dog. I don't take a phone. Um, and I think that's something a lot of people like I know yeah. I'm guilty of constantly being on my phone yeah, like, it's hard too. to get Even out of your year, you I've wake made... up in the morning yeah. and that's all you want to do is mm. check your phone mm. I think, yeah I think phone definitely yeah. and that's the tech side isn't yeah, it yeah that yeah. it draws yeah. a lot of energy yeah. out of you without realising it and it's addictive it's addictive yeah. I don't yes. I, or anyone says it's addictive it's like what am I missing <clears throat> have I not responded to something it's, like yeah, email like fear email is an insane thing but even um you know, with electric cars and stuff, I didn't realise there was a thing of, like, an anxiety of not having <laughs> and your car well, battery charged. you educated me about that the other but day. it's, like, another thing, isn't it? Like, we're always paranoid about whether our phone's charged mm-hmm. or are we contactable and it's all like these sort of things. being lost without it, but really, but if yeah, you but... take away the phone, you, still, you can still get about your and daily life. Well, we, we must have done. I mean, yeah. I, I grew up as a child and it wasn't a thing. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I must My, I, mean, I, I had a phone when I was very young, but... My mum always said to me, she's like, when I was younger, I used to go have to go down the street to call someone. Yeah. Couldn't just do it from the house. All those, all those, um, the you know, those rings yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I remember used to being told off by my dad because I'd call a boyfriend on the home phone. Yeah. And, and then and the phone, the phone downstairs, yeah. like, get off it. Yeah. <laughs> I was, didn't have a mobile until, well, probably very end of, end of secondary school. But yeah, it's just, I, I, yeah, I love the fact that you can travel on your own. It's I not really, for everybody, that, that, you know. It, it yeah. looks really interesting, like like you said, because you can go on your own. You can meet people if you want to, but you can also experience the solitude of, you know, you're on your own. You don't have to talk to anyone if you don't want to. No. 
And I'm feeling guilty of leaving the dog, actually. So that's difficult. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, that is difficult. That, but That goes um, in the same bag as yeah, children, the children, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then another part of, of solitude for me is a bath in the evening. Mm-hmm. So, or shower or my cold water therapy. And so that's what I want to challenge each and every one of you. Oh, God. And even there? those that you are listening like is... A cold no, no, no. Is... Just oh, you're gonna get in a lake. No, 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 no. Okay. I won't get. Why does everybody say this every time <laughs> I do a podcast? Why <laughs> like you're, gonna, you're gonna make me put again a lake. But how can you find a minute a day for solitude? It sounds ridiculous. Um, I have got better. We were talking about this with Liv today. I so um, I take my kids to school on my own. My husband goes to at half five, and uh. My son wakes up at six. So normally I would just stay in bed until he woke and then you get straight into it, you know, straight into life, yeah. like straight into mom and it's me getting him dressed, putting him somewhere else, having a shower and then my daughter's shouting at me whether her breakfast is ready and I just always felt morning rushed. I hated it. I hated every morning and I remember having a huge row with my husband like, I'm not doing any more mornings and he was like, that's not a solution because I start work at 5.30 so what is the solution? <laughs> so now I get up half an hour before. Yeah, that's good. It's hard because it's the dark at the moment. Yeah. But it allows that half an hour for yeah, me to for just get a pint of water, try and meditate if I can, do a bit of reading, have a shower in peace. I can walk the dog just before my husband leaves and I feel like I'm okay. Yeah. If I don't do that, my day is, is already set on a bad, mm. bad and, and it, it just rolls. I feel like yeah. it rolls on that time. But that's taken, oh, a good two years to get, like literally me getting to breaking point. I was fed up of... No, and what actually broke it was my daughter saying, "Oh, why do you always shout at us every morning?" Yes. And I was like, "That's what you see me as, like some horrible mum that shouts at you every morning." So I was like, "I have to break this." Absolutely, and it's all about the habits in the morning. Mm-hmm. It's the intention, and it's the routine, and it's okay. What am I? Gonna, what's my intention each and every day? How do I want to feel each yeah. and every day? And what do I want my day to look like? What do I want my lifestyle to look like? And then it's okay. What do I need for my health and lifestyle? What do yeah. I need? So for me, and that is the is the cold water therapy, is maybe a green juice, the walking, mm-hmm. um, moving your body, whatever it is for, for each. What of is us. the cold water thing? So the cold water thing has been a that's been a game changer for me recovering from cancer. If I'm honest, and I'm thinking it's something to feel yeah, your body. So what it, it does is it um it helps your body re- self regulate. It helps um your body's help with it helps with breathing, mm-hmm. feel clearer thinking. So I've got a tub in my garden. So I started with the cold showers. Right. Yeah. Um, for about 20 to 30 seconds a day for a period of time. I think that was about a year. And then I got a tub in my garden. So it's a tub in my garden that um, I get into for anything between a minute to five minutes, depending you do on... this every day? Every day. Although wow. I've not done it for the last week and a half because I've had this cough cold. and yeah. I didn't want to because I'm traveling long haul. it's been cold this it's week It's been cold. Well. Although I did say to my husband this morning, should I go for a swim tomorrow? And he was like, No. You're traveling the next day, no. Um, And then I do the wild water swimming, which again has just been a game changer. What it's done is help me sleep better. It's helped my immune system. It's helped my joy. It's in every aspect it's helped me. Now it's not for everybody, but I think that's the thing for each of us is to find something that's going to work for us. For some people it's running. For some people it's doing an adrenaline sport. I've got one client who has just come back from um, Madeira, um, sorry, Spain, Mallorca, and riding on bike on motorbikes up and down mountains like it's something to find something for you and for me it's the cold water therapy because i do the breathing in that in those moments and you know breath work just a few you know breathing like four in let's do it actually now maybe everybody can do it so breathe in for four you have to do it in the corner too so breathe for four 
And then breathe out for four. Breathe in for four. And then breathe out for four. Breathe in for four. And then breathe out for four. Breathe in for four. And then breathe out for four. And just even moments of pockets of doing that. Mm. So that, that can be just box breathing. So if you think about a square box, so four, four mm-hmm. breaths up, four box. breaths out, four breaths out, four breaths. And sometimes in my in the work that I do, sometimes I'm, I'm not always rushing, but, you know, I'm, I'm onto something else or I need to just catch my breath and re-regulate myself before something else. Um, and just doing that breathing is massive yeah. helps just slow you down because that's the thing we need our nervous system to slow down so things like water um walking drinking water breathing um so many other things showering so many other things can help um calm our nervous system down i think i don't know our experience in in the tech industry is all go 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 mm-hmm. and I, I interestingly we had a, a board meeting and they they were like what we were to put our opinion of what thing that we wanted to do and i was like i don't want to remove the fast pace no, and I, I like that too. That yeah. drives yeah, us. Absolutely. What I said is that I feel like we never take a step just to breathe yeah. before yeah. we get on the train. We like yeah. just get on the train yeah. and like yeah. we got everything. Whereas yeah. if we actually breath, like go and breathe, are we all on? Do mm-hmm. we all agree? Have we got our luggage? We got on the train. We'd still get on the train. Absolutely, the train would yeah. still happen at the same yeah. time. I just feel like we never breathe. And if we could just take that moment to breathe that we probably might have a better journey or yeah. something might not be forgetting. Um, but I think, yeah, I do think with tech, going looping the conversation it it is everyone's accessible yeah like your calendar <clears throat> like i came in today and i was like has anyone noticed that i've got three meetings on at the same time and i haven't to get to the point that like these things will just work out because if i try and manipulate and change it it just makes it work so i'm just like it will just breathe and it will work out and someone will move or and then coincidentally one cancelled so i was like okay so it's like um but it is that like are you available or can we do it at 8 a.m or are you good to do it at six o'clock tonight or and then you look at it and because of tech and zoom and teams and all wonderful things your lunch break does go because no one looks at your diary and goes oh well she's not had a lunch break and she's not been able to wee since 8 a.m to then they just go she's got an hour gap let's put that in and i'm having to get a bit more mindful of going putting an hour in and saying this is lunch like so true. And and actually, I had this conversation with Eleni, who's my sister and also my ops manager, mm. um, last week because she had said, like, it has been so busy for a bit like what you're talking yeah. about here. And I'm about to travel. And she said, you're not getting your planning right. And I was, I was like, I plan really well. <laughs> yeah. We plan really well. What are you talking about? And... And it's true, when I dissected it all, we weren't because it was this go, 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 go. There wasn't a chance to reflect. And I do reflections every week. Like what's gone well? What hasn't gone well? Where do we need to get better? Where do I need some gaps in my diary? Um, Interesting. Do you do that weekly? So so I do it. So this is how we break it down. This is something I used to do in my recruitment days. Yeah. And I still do now. And I teach people how to do this we too. Because, this Friday yeah, I was just um, thinking that. And I'll send you some questions okay. um, too. I'll, I'll call some up on my phone now. So, so what I do is I'll always plan like the year in advance. So, mm-hmm. as in, okay, these are the things that we want to want to kind of do, create. I've just done it with my husband recently. Like, what do I want to do for my health, my life, yeah. and my work? So, kind of really like clear. a vision board. Kind of yes, vision board. Sorry, yeah, I just knocked the mic. So, so something like that, yeah. and then breaking it down into okay, what does that look like? What does that equal to? Mm-hmm. What, from a time perspective, then breaking that all down. So you've got the twelve-year plan, breaking it down then into quarters, breaking it down into weekly, bre- monthly, breaking it down into weekly, then breaking it down to daily, and then breaking it down literally to hourly. Okay. Wow. So, so that minute detail. Now you think, wow, 
it doesn't take a long time to do that because remember you're creating a routine, you're creating a system, you're okay. creating a structure. So I may, if I operate like that, the capacity of what I can do in that time versus running around like a headless chicken back-to-back meetings. Does that allow you to create better boundary then? Massive. Because you can say, no, I can't take massive, that off. Massive amount because then I'm able to say yes and no. So, you know, like when Dan was asking me, you know, could you come on the podcast? I was like, I could, like the Wednesday, you asked me to do the Wednesday. I could have squeezed it in. Yeah. But I knew it, impacted. it would have impacted other areas. So, um, so then it's about the planning and making mm-hmm. and, and making it work for you. So like my routine looks like, um, I try not do things over lunch. Over lunch between twelve thirty and two thirty, um, I say I try because I need to eat my food. I need to walk the dog. I need to catch up after being on calls or if I'm delivering. But I've worked that. That's my routine. Take energy. They're I think huge. people forget. Yeah. Forget huge. the energy yeah. that comes out of it. And so it's about working out. Like if you are on your technology, like having a gap in between that, you know, even if it's a 10 minute gap or 15 minute gap or play around with your meetings. I've got mm-hmm. another client who has meetings within 17 minutes. That's, That's it. pretty impressive. Oh my God, I'd you love know, a 17 um, minute meeting. I think... Because sometimes we have meetings for the sake of meetings. Oh, yeah. that is, you know. Oh my God, I I can definitely, it's the, should we have a meeting next week to go over what we went over this week and where we've got? Yeah. Like why? Why are we just not? Why I are we just not confirming what we've done and done it? Or break it down into smaller into, chunks in, into forty-five minutes. So yeah. I say, okay, we'll do forty-five minutes. That gives me fifteen minutes to catch a water break, catch mm-hmm. up on my email, see what's there. Catch well, up that's, on an emergency. that's the other thing, isn't it? Your meetings all day. You've not done any of the admin, yeah. and that's my biggest problem. They guys all know this. Thursday night is my admin night, so I catch up on all my emails from that point. So I know my inbox is cleared. So in the morning they come into all my responses. Um, because normally Monday's full of meetings. Mm-hmm. Well, normally yeah. Yeah. any day that I'm in the office, everyone will block with meetings. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I have to, by Thursday, it's like, oh, my inbox is at breaking point. And I need it to change respond. A, a, it's a change of behavior, isn't it? But Dan, sorry, you were going to say something. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, um, for as an example, when we yeah. have these like hour long meetings, if you are back to back, you have no time to collect your thoughts about what no. you've just discussed. Or action and, what you discussed. And action yeah. what you've just <laughs> talked about. So I do think, like what you say, if you did 45 minutes in a meeting and 15 minutes afterwards just to review mm. and go over, like, what you've talked about and stuff, yeah. it probably would be beneficial. Yeah. Because we need that we need that space for reflection. And these are yeah. a lot of the questions that I tend to ask at the end of the week to my clients and myself is, you know, what was difficult about this week or what gave you joy? Where can you improve next week? And what new things have you experienced? Or, or even as simple as what worked well, what didn't work well? Mm-hmm. What's my intention for next week? What do I need to do okay. and focus on that? And then my diary is color coordinated so that I know when I can move, when I can flex. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and Very organized then. I have to be to be able to do the capacity, Yeah, mm. have the capacity. And because I imagine coaching is a lot of energy. It's a lot of energy. Yeah. And so, you know, you've got to maintain, I can't come to people's sessions or come to things like this feeling drained. No. And it's all around the mindset. So why don't I give you a mindset tool? Okay. Um, okay. And... And then people, then I'm sure um, we can talk about whatever's next, whatever you want to. Well, so, I, I feel like this is going to be a regular session. Yeah. yeah. We can come back. Then. So mindset. So I think okay. I spoke a lot about the mindset and mental health, mm-hmm. didn't we? And, and there's so much more we could have said on mental health. But I guess, you know, the mindset tool is to going from reactive to positive. So it's, okay, I feel. So it might be, I feel calm or I feel stressed or whatever it is. So acknowledging your feeling. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I wish. I wish I didn't have a back-to-back diary, you were saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, I need to. Oh, 
what stop the back-to-back diary stop the back-to-back oh i need to plan more effectively mm-hmm. and actually yeah. i'd say write this down you know this i'm a old school I pen think my, to paper I, from yeah. what i'm learning i, I mean I'm, I'm learning myself i'm very good at reading self-help books agreeing with the self-help book and not doing anything about it and actually so that's what i was going to go on to show yeah. it's yeah. the boundary i think mine's the boundary thing well i'm running a boundaries challenge at the end of february so maybe oh, you'll have to come on I'll and then i'll send it to you yeah so it's i feel i wish i need so what do i need so it might be i need a plan i need to slow down i need to have better boundaries and then i can so that's the part of action ownership responsibility that's the mindset bit mm-hmm. because nobody's going to come and fix something for you no. nobody fixed my health no. i had to go on that journey to fix it i think which is also then going to come up all of the issues that we think about and then i hope and then i will so that's the i will take the action mm-hmm. um and and just remembering that there's always a process there's always an opportunity we have to take the action so if we want to live better we want to feel better we've got to take the action because we only live once and we can't continually be exhausted all the time. No. It's draining mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, all of those areas. And so we've got to, you know, remembering also too that at the heart of who we are as humans, there is joy, there's love, there's pain. But we've also got to remember we've got to listen to our body's needs and our wants. Like, you know, sat here, I'm ready. I've got you now. I've got two other things and then I'm done. Mm-hmm. And then I'm done. <laughs> But I've been really intentional. So that's why we've got to get really intentional. And then we've got to appreciate and practice the daily gratitude. You know, that's why I said about coming to an event. That event just gave me so much love, joy. It made that journey. I thought just make it even worth more worthwhile. Yeah. Like I said, I've got it on my phone to remind me of mm-hmm. just like in the struggle you fight because you just don't know what's going to come out of that. You know, your deepest, darker struggles help you get better through life. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the gratitude, the sense of real gratitude, and then get the help you need. You know, therapy, coaching, friends, your inner circles, whatever that is. That's, That's another reason why I'm going to Australia. I really needed some proper, deep, girly... I've been friends with my friend for since I was 13. We've been through a lot of life journey together. I needed deep girly time mm-hmm. i needed some i needed that so what did i do i've gone and made it happen yeah. yes it's quite a lot of logistics action, a lot yeah. of work but i've done it and and that's the same thing for everybody listening here is go and take that action whatever it is if it's going on a holiday making that career change getting help slowing down doing that hobby like just do it because again life is too short so Not true i don't think we can end on a better note no so we're going to close it there. But I think we're definitely going to have Kiki back. Thank you for so more, much. For mm-hmm. more support and more help. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, Kiki, if anyone wants to talk to you, other than me, <laughs> after this session, um, uh, where can we contact okay, you and help? So you can find me. We've got a podcast called the Kiki Kirby Podcast. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as mm-hmm. Kiki Stanton. And we have two websites. So our coaching website is kikikirbycoaching.co.uk and our consultancy website, which is where we focus on all our corporate work around team development, well-being, mental health, working with high-performing teams is Kiki Kirby Consultancy. And we are also on Instagram at kiki.kirby.coaching and then Kiki Kirby Consultancy. So lots of Kiki Kirby's in there. Um, lots of yellow, which is my favorite. Lots of yes. yellow and green very, and green very and very gold. Colorful. Very yes. joyful. Yeah. So thank you very much. Yes, thank, thank you very much for coming. Thank you.